Hello, my name is Father Christian Mendoza. I'm professor at the Pontifical University of the Holy Cross here in Rome. I teach Catholic social teaching and it's my honor today to be with you in this recollection for Advent that the Global Institute for Church Management asked me to do. Um, today I will ask you to put yourself in the presence of God with me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask you for pardon for my sins and the grace to do this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Now we start our conversation with God. And you can think that Advent, this special time that is starting, is like a moment of sufferance. The people of Israel were expecting the coming of the Messiah. And we in the Church are also expecting the coming of Jesus, baby Jesus, who will redeem us. Advent is not really a little Lent is something different. It's like if the expectation of our Lord to come will give us life, strength and capacity to do more. Some people may think that Christianity is like being very optimistic. But to tell you the truth, being optimistic or being pessimistic is not Christian essentially. It is true that we Christians tend to see life under a beautiful light. But being optimistic sometimes would lead people not to do anything. Everything will be fine, so don't worry. Don't do anything. In this pandemic, don't try to be careful. Don't take care of others. Optimists, optimism doesn't always lead to action. And it's the same with pessimism. People who are very pessimistic, they don't do anything. They say, okay, well, the world will go worse and there's nothing to do, so please, it's the same we cannot change anything. So these two ideas of being optimistic or pessimistic are more like feelings. We know that a faith that has no works, that has no action, is just sentiment. And sentimentalism is something that leads to opti optimism or pessimism. Hope is not that. Hope is faith leading to action. And that's why Advent is full of hope. We know that our Lord will come and the Gospel of St. Mark that we will read during the Mass this Sunday is telling us, watch, you have to be careful about the coming of our Lord. So we are watching for the coming of Christ. And this like if we are climbing a mountain that has been a very long trip and we are arriving to the end of it and now that we see the summit the place where the cross is, that we have to, to be strong, that we are invited to, to walk more steadily. And this means that Advent is a moment of effort, spiritual effort. And that's why today we are invited to consider how are we going to live this time of Advent. Because we know that our Lord will come and that He will redeem us. Hope is based on memory. And we know that when we think about the past, we can think about last 
days or months or years. And we have always considered the coming of Christ somehow to our lives. Jesus has never let us alone. And hope that is based on memory leads us to understand that when we have a real need, if it's a real need, God will always come to help. And today is true. We may have difficulties and we have financial struggles and we may have problems in the church and we may have also manifestations of lack of faith in our own lives. But all those things wither away when we consider that Jesus will come. And that's why we need to do memory. And there are many ways to do memory. We can just think about the past and recalling it, like when someone tells a story of a family. But if we are constantly thinking that the memory of our life is about telling others how beautiful it has been, then we will rejoice again. If we think about something that in the past made us happy, we will be happy again. On the contrary, if we think about something that made us suffer in the past, then we will suffer again, because every memory has a feeling attached to it. Advent is the moment of memory, but of the memory of the glory of God, but of the memory of the redemption of Christ, but of the memory of how Jesus has always been in your life and in my life. St. Thomas Aquinas used to say that in children or in drunkards there are no memory. They cannot think about the past. The children are too young. They have no experience. And that's why they, they fear. They don't move. They may stop and say, well, I don't know if this is something I should do or not. And then they cry or maybe they call their mothers or fathers to do something for them. In the case of drunkards, they cannot think because they're full of alcohol and so they cannot do things that they would do if they would so be sober. And that's why St. Thomas Aquinas said that we have to have this great memory of our redemption. We are not living on earth as someone that understands everything. No one can do this. And that's why hope is not understanding. We cannot control the future. We may foresee a part of it. But hope is linked to faith, and what we understand, we don't believe, because we already understand it. We need to believe, we need the faith, and when we see something under the light of faith, and we link this to our hope, it's like when I see the boss coming, and then I measure my own strength, and then I run to get it. So, faith shows me the truth, and hope helps me to move towards it. And that's why hope is somehow the measure of my own capacity to follow what God wants from me. And in this specific moment of the history of humanity, now that you're trying to build up society and your family and the church, this measure of hope of what we are is very important. We alone can do very little, but when we measure our capacity to do things with others, then we can be magnificent. The real magnanimity is the magnanimity of someone who doesn't do anything alone. You want to build great things, you want to do um, beautiful service to society and to the church, 
We want to become saints. We will never be able to do it alone. We need others. And this is the strength of the Christian life. That our hope is to be with others and to learn from them how to move towards our goal, that is Jesus Christ. That's why this moment of Advent is a time of hope, a time of memory, a time of examination of conscience, and to see how much I want to learn from others, how much I want to stop and think if I'm really getting something from them. We can always learn from others, and the most impressive times in our lives are times when we are with those we love, and those who love tell us something about how much we have enriched them, how much they've learned from us, how much, and we may even be unaware of this. And this means that somehow we receive gifts from God and we give these gifts to others. We are just receivers and transmitters of these graces. And that's why Advent is the great expectation of the people of Israel. And we are the new people of Israel. And we are expecting our Lord to come because we know that He will bring us gifts. Humanity will bring Him something. And we know that the um, Magi brought Him gold and thus and perfume. And we can bring Him many things. And at the end, for God our Father, is like if a little children brings him something that is out of value. A little boy can bring his dad a marble, a piece of rock, a piece of chalk, something that is without value. But for God, it's a gift of his son. And this is something beautiful. So Advent is the preparation of bringing our whole life to God. We may think, okay, we are in the middle of a pandemic. I've been, uh, I've been closed, locked down at home all the time. I have not had the opportunity to meet as much people as I would like. I've seen many people losing their jobs and many times it's my responsibility and I'm worried about it. Bring this to God and bring your own life and bring your defects and bring your impatience and bring everything you are. Because even if he's valueless, for God, it matters a lot. And this is Advent for us. We are entering into a time of great peace. And this peace is the fruit of, first of all, silence. Because in silence, we see how prayer grows up. And once that we have silence and prayer, we can discover also faith. Because it's only when we pray and when we realize that we need God that we will believe that God is here right now telling you that He needs you. And once we have faith, then we can create service. And in service, serving others and loving them and taking care of them and helping them to develop their talents and flourish, in service we get peace. This beautiful peace that we need for Christmas is the result of living in this tranquilitas ordinis, as Saint Augustine used to say, is a peaceful moment of our lives. So it doesn't matter where we are or what we're doing, what is important for our life is to understand 
that the great hope we have is Christ, our Savior. Christ is our hope. And it is in silence and in prayer and in faith and in service that we will get to this correct environment to live Christmas with those who we love. This beautiful idea of how these virtues are enchained comes from Mother Teresa. She understood quite well that she needs silence to serve others, that she needed prayer to serve others, that she needed um, behavior of love, of God for loving others. Maybe this Christmas that is this beautiful moment of charity where our Lord is telling us, watch, watch, look, rise your face and look for your salvation that is coming will be a gift from God for us. But as most of the gifts of our lives, we have to ask for it. We know that we may get a lot of them if we are passive and we are open to the grace of God that is coming to us. But we should be active and we should be also looking for what God wants to give us. Advent then becomes the exact feeling that the people of Israel has. God has saved us. God has redeemed us. God is expecting us to go with him and to be with him. But now we are ready to accept his grace. I was some years ago in Chicago. I was trying to see a friend who was studying English in an academy. And we wanted to have lunch together. And I was waiting in a corner of Chicago downtown outside of um, Dunkin' Donuts. It started to rain, so I had to say, okay, uh, I cannot wait here in the street. So I decided to get into this um, donut place. I was sitting down, happy, because I had my blueberry muffin and it was like everything I needed. When a voice told me, Father, can I tell you something? And this happens because when you're dressed like I am, people tell you a lot of things. So I raised my face and I saw him and it was one of the employees at this Dunkin' Donuts place. And he told me something that he asked me to tell everybody. That's why I'm telling you in this meditation. And he said that he was struggling a lot, um, arguing with his wife. Um, they had discussions and so he needed fresh air. And he went out of home and he started to walk. It was fall and there were a lot of leaves, so he was walking and crushing them and he could hear the noise of his steps. But he was walking and then he found a beautiful path that he had never seen. It started to get windy and sunset was coming, so the environment led him to pray. And suddenly he saw a teenager behind him and he was scared. He never heard him coming. And so he turned and this young man told him, Sir, do you know where my car is? And this employee of Dunkin' Donuts looked at him and said, well, no. And then the teenager answered, what should I do now? And he answered, well, why don't you just go back and find your car at the beginning of this path? So this teenager started to run. He had tennis shoes and blue jeans and white t-shirt and just stopped and turned to him and said, well, sir, you know, you should also get out of this path because it's becoming dangerous. And he ran away. The employee of Dunkin' Donuts always insisted and told me that he had prayed 
and he believes that this was an angel telling him that he should get out of this path of arguing, of having discussions with his wife. He believed that and it changed his life. I've been thinking a lot about this story and um, of course I think it could be theologically proved because if God our Lord will send angels to America they will be in blue jeans and t-shirts. But to tell you the truth, it doesn't matter. What he believes is that God changed his life. Please tell your friends and family during this Advent that prayer, silence and faith changes your life. Please tell them what you believe and enjoy having memory of the grace of God in your life. It doesn't matter if they believe you or not. What is important is that it has changed your life. Mary, or Mother, the Most Blessed Virgin, used to do this. She would think about the visit of the angel and she would tell this to the Apostles one day and another. Jesus has come. The Redeemer has saved us. God bless you.